When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. My next guest, I mentioned this the last time she was on the, the show with me. She's a resilience coach. And that's what we were talking about at the time. Her name is Lisa Nolan. But I brought up this subject of her TED Talk, which was recorded in Derry, uh, TEDx, which is a different kind of a TED Talk. It's an independently organized one. But that's, you don't care about that. But this was her TED Talk, which was, it just catapulted uh, to a stage where it virtually was, was, was viral. Here's just the first minute or so. If I asked, have you ever dropped your keys? I'm sure every person here would say, yes, of course. We all drop our keys. It's never intentional. It's something that happens to us. Sometimes we aren't even aware that we've dropped our keys until sometime later. We might rummage in our pocket, realize they're missing and retrace our steps only to find them in the shop we were in or somewhere in the house. Usually, when assuming you do find them, there's no harm done. But what if you dropped your keys and someone else was harmed or even died as a result? Oh, and they're telling me, they're telling me you can't hear that. I hope, you, I hope that you can, but maybe not. That's, anyway, Lisa's on, 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 on the line. Hi, Lisa, good morning. Good morning, PJ. I could hear it. Oh, uh, good, 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 good. So you you dropped your keys and somebody nearly died. Now, I, you didn't actually drop your keys. It was a small mistake, wasn't it? Maybe tell the story and then we go on to why the talk has been so impactful. Sure, yes. Um, no, I didn't actually drop my keys. It was a metaphor for what happens to all of us, actually, which is that they reckon we make about 50 mistakes every day and errors, you know, things that... We didn't intend to happen, but happened to us. These are things that happen to us. You know, you trip over something, you drop something, uh, you forget to do something. All of these things, we do them all every day. And, <clears throat> excuse me, my my talk was based around an experience I had when I was uh, training to be a student nurse. And I was involved in what's, what's now called an unexpected medication event. Yeah which was that I gave my patient his insulin dose as prescribed at the exact time he needed it, uh, the right dose, all of that. Uh, but it turned out that he had already been given his evening dose before about 10 minutes before I got to him by my colleague. And she had finished her work early and had decided to give it to give me a head start. And But the problem was that she went off on her break and clean forgot to tell me. So you know, neither of us got up that morning and went into work and decided we were going to harm a patient. It's the exact yeah. opposite. You know, when you're when you're on the front line, you go in there to do the best you can. You go in with as much energy as you can, as much care and compassion as you can. You follow the rules 
And, you know, even in hindsight, I mean, I've had this picked apart by some of my colleagues in the just culture world. And, you know, there nobody did anything wrong as such. Um, but it's one of these things that just happened. And thankfully, thankfully, we found out and were able to correct it. And thankfully, insulin, you know, is one of those things that you can, rever- you know, reverse almost or correct it. Yes. Um, but, but that was just luck. Yes. And yes. the thing is that, the, you know, these things are happening. And, and we didn't report it, is, was my point. We didn't report it because we were absolutely 100% sure that we would have been absolutely lambasted. Yes. We would have been put out on unpaid leave. We would have been treated like pariahs. You know, how, you know we would have been the bad apples in, in, in the basket. And really, you know, that's, that's so wrong because, you know, by us not reporting it, and you know, in hindsight, of course, nothing was corrected, nothing was fixed, mm. uh, no measures were were you know taken that would have prevented it from happening again. And I'm, I'm not, I don't know what the exact statistics are, but but they reckon that a lot of accidents and mistakes that happen usually, you know, if you go back, there's a history of near misses leading up to that. That if, yeah. if somebody had spoken up, if somebody had reported. Um, system design can be changed. People can have more training or maybe better resourced or whatever it is to stop the, it actually reaching, you know, the end result, which was the patient that day. So yeah. my talk was on the area of psychological safety, yes. which yes. is the, so important. And the fact that, look, it was, it was as, as luck would have it, and we couldn't say that loudly, loudly as luck oh. would have it, this was a, a, an error, a, a small error, could have been catastrophic, but it was an error that was easily reversed and therefore, you didn't report it because of the, the hurricane you'd bring upon yourself. And your Absolutely. whole point is that hurricane shouldn't happen. That's exactly it. Because, you know, if we had reported that and we were put out on unpaid leave and, you know, disciplined or possibly even been struck off the register or whatever might have happened, who amongst our colleagues would ever report something similar again? You know, it, it quenches safety, it quenches you know, people's um, uh, ability and desire to fix things, you know, to say, look, this nearly happened. Can we fix it? Um, you know, no. Pe- people become very skilled at hiding mistakes and covering things up if there's a culture um, of blame where they work. And it's the same in society. And it's actually spiraling. I mean, I think everybody would agree, you know, the, the litigious nature of, of us as a society and in workplaces and particularly safety critical sectors mm. is really, you know, spiraling out of control. And the fact is that we're all human. And, you know, there's loads of science now to show what what actually happens in our brains when somebody is even never mind being put out on unpaid leave but even if somebody is uncivil to us you know eyes up to heaven a big sigh you know right up to being shouted at or um humiliated in front of our colleagues these all have a really detrimental effect on our brains uh, and reduce our ability to to carry out uh, normal tasks that we're normally well able to do our motor dexterity is affected our cognitive function is is affected our ability to focus our ability to make decisions you know our brains just basically close down so it makes absolutely no sense for us to continue the old management style which was always to coerce people through fear mm. because it has the opposite effect yeah again because what happened this time was quite easily reversed and, and the patient was okay mm. 
I'm thinking in terms of what happens when these things get into the media, um, and there are procedure, like there would, the first question that a media would ask, or a newspaper, was procedure followed? How did this happen? And we ask the question, always the question in, and is it a failing of us in media, in society, in life? Who was to blame? Is that yes, a mistake that- we make, Lisa? Yeah, it, it is, and it's it's a very unkind, inhumane approach to it, of course. Um, and you know, like you say, the first response tends to be whose fault was it, and how will we punish them? Um, and to find the bad apple, and you know, deal with that, and then be seen. To, you know, people feel they need to be seen to deal to deal with it. Uh, you know, the people can see yes, that person was was found out and was put out of their job or whatever. Um, whereas in in the just culture model, which is what you know I've been advocating, the, the, the first port of call is not whose fault was it and how do we punish them. The first port of call is who was harmed, um, what are their needs, let's meet their needs and whose responsibility is, to, is it to meet those needs and let's learn and move forward together. So it's, it's a culture of kind of learning accountability and justice now the accountability part is key because you know it's not a, it's not a get out of jail free card it, it you know people still have to be held accountable if they have deliberately you know chosen to um to disregard guidelines or mm. you know to do something outside what they should have done and particularly particularly if it has been already pointed out to them you know, you skip that step and that's dangerous. So please don't skip that again. You know, it's not a mistake the 10th time, uh, you know, if, mm. it, if it's been flagged to them. But I think that rush to judgment is what's what's quenching all, you know, all of this. But it's, a, it's an incredibly inhumane, unkind way for us to approach mistakes. Um, you know, we, we all have a primal need to belong. They've shown in research that, the pain we feel when we're socially rejected is it travels along the same pathways in the brain as when we feel physical pain. So it's mm. it's as bad as physical pain. And, uh, you know, that's the way we're hardwired is to fit in with our community. So there, there have been, I mean, in extreme um, um, situations, there have been situations where people have taken their own lives yeah. as, as a result of going through a disciplinary process that ultimately very tragically in a lot of cases is where they where they've been found to have no case to answer you know it was it was yes. nothing that could couldn't have been fixed yes so yes. you know we it's it's it goes beyond the be kind movement um because it's easy to be kind to people that we think deserve it it's easy to be kind to kittens and puppies if we're animal lovers you know but the real um challenge for us as as adults as society as leaders as managers business owners is to be kind to the people that it's hard to be kind to or in those yes. moments of frustration because, of course, a manager or business owner will feel frustrated if someone has done something or not done something that they should have. It's incredible. You know, that's natural to feel frustrated, but it's it's up to us to take the higher road and stop and take breath and go, OK, that happened. Yeah. Let's fix it and let's make sure that it doesn't happen again. But let me not quench it from, from anybody else from reporting anything similar. You know, you want yeah. to know what's happening so you can fix it. Because if you come through it and particularly in, like you said healthcare or anything associated with that kind of thing say you know social work stuff like that if it comes through a long and arduous process and you discover that actually this person had absolutely no case to answer they did nothing wrong they may may have made a tiny error of judgment but other than that they did nothing wrong their life has been destroyed by this process 
Absolutely destroyed. I mean, it's, you know, the, the the case studies of this are just horrific even to read or think about. And and it's, it's, it's you know, there can be error of judgment, but there can be genuine mistakes, like dropping mm. your keys, tripping over something, and somebody has been harmed as, mm. as a result. Well, you might have um, done nothing. You might have been caught up, as, as yeah. I know. I, I won't go into details, but I know someone yeah. who was caught up in a situation that it was absolutely nothing to do with them. It was not of their making at all. And their yeah. career was under a microscope for nearly a year. Yes, and you say nearly a year, but that's forever. You know, mud sticks and and, uh, and the impact that has on somebody's confidence and their ability to do their job, you know, it, it just ripples out and it's, it's the effect of it is just unacceptable. It, we can do better than this, really, mm. you know. So the just culture that you, that, that you teach and you train and you advocate. Mm. So, I must, okay, we have a team of three on this program and we have systems in place to prevent errors shall we say okay. right yeah. and we do our best to, to stick with those and make sure that you know that i's get dotted and t's get crossed to make sure that everything is okay if something yeah. should go wrong what is the first thing to do and what is the first thing not to do well, let's start with the first thing not to do is to immediately blame, you know, the person, look at the person and point the finger. Um, the first thing to do would be, you know, like I said, to, to I don't think it applies in your position, but still uh, to look and see, was anybody harmed? Yeah. What was the harm? Um, let's fix the harm. Let's let's work as a team. Um, actually, sorry, I'll go back a bit. The first thing to do is to say thank you to the person who flagged it, um, to say thank you for showing me that because they could, they may have, they may have chosen not to say it rather than hide it. Um, so that aspect of, th- you know, thank you for telling me, you know, I really appreciate it. Let's move on from this and let's learn and let's figure it out together as a team. That's crucial um, uh, because because if we don't do that, then, you know, somebody is already feeling bad about a mistake that they've made. And it could be something sim- simple. They might have lost, the you know, the company some money by putting the decimal point in the wrong place or by not filing an invoice the right way or whatever it is. Um, you know, but but we tend to take these things very personally. Um, so when we stop and say, um, thank you, we're treating that person, uh, which is the way they should be, which is as the asset in the room. Mm. The person who's reported themselves or the error or the near miss is the asset. They are in a just culture um in, a, in an organization that has just culture, they're the asset in the room, they're the VIP, uh, and they should be treated as such. They're, you know, they're, doing, it's not, they're doing a service. They are, and it's, it's, an, it's an incredibly courageous thing to do, to stand up and say, I made a mistake or I had a near miss. Um, it's very difficult, particularly for people who are uh, sort of, you, you know, lower down, for want of a better expression, in the hierarchy of the organization. Mm. It's really, mm. it's a it's a big leap for them to say, yeah. actually, there was a mistake, or I think I see a risk here. Yeah, yeah. The the other thing too that, and you know, thankfully, when mistakes get cleared up and they get or they get sorted, mm. and like you said, for the most part, nobody died, and yeah. it was done and it was handled, and it was boxed off. The next thing you should not do is say, oh, we can't let Tom do that again. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, because you're just reinforcing the blame um, where Tom is already feeling bad about, about what has happened. Um, yeah. And, and you know, we're all we're all learning no matter what stage of life we're at. We're all learning. We're learning how to do new things. We go to a new job. We're learning. Um, but that when we when we dampen down somebody's self-confidence, we dampen down 
their creativity and their productivity um, as well as safety. You know, uh, it's not every situation that, that yeah, potentially course. causes natural death. Of course. Yeah. But productivity and creativity in finding solutions, you know, on, on in the moment, um, thinking outside the box, all of that is encouraged when you're in a, in a situation where you feel psychologically safe. Um, and so it's really key for to, to be, to feel psychologically safe it has to come from the top down. I mean, we, we encourage people to speak up, but we also encourage their leaders and managers to listen up. So there's the two aspects of it. Um, and, and when you create an environment, and it actually doesn't happen overnight, the time to to make this, to, to embed this culture is in the weeks and months before an event um, happens. Yeah. Um, in fact, what's interesting is, you know, the story of, of Sully landing the, the plane on the Hudson success. Indeed, yes. One one of the aspects, of course, there were many aspects that to that success. Um, they were legends, all of them involved in that. But one of the pieces in that that contributed to that success was psychological safety, because it wasn't Sully actually who took off; it was his first officer, Skiles. Um, and when they realised what had happened, you'll hear on the data, the flight data recorder, uh, that Sully said, "My aircraft." And his first officer immediately replied to confirm your aircraft. There was no territorial, oh, it's my aircraft, I'm dealing with it. They just instinctively, because they have gone through this yes. training, they actually are involved, heavily involved in providing this training, actually, yes. in crew, in how people can speak up and how to listen up. They instinctively knew that it actually made more sense for yeah. Sully to take over they, they because exactly of lots of different reasons. But yeah. that's psychological safety. Yeah. And then look at that, like 180 seconds later, I think 155 lives were saved yeah. Yeah. by three it, people. That, that was, that's actually a, a fascinating story. And and mm. your talk, lastly, because I, I need to go, but lastly, Lisa, yeah. the, t the talk that you did, did you ever think it would go so global? No, I did not. Um, I... I had planned it in my head. It was spilling out in my head for two years before I did it. I had I had sort of dreamt and, you know, visualized that it would get, I was hoping to get maybe 10,000 views and I was going to get my business network to help me and all my friends to share it. By the time I realized it was online, uh, live online, it, there was 19,000 views and it's heading for 69,000 views at the moment. And I think that just speaks to how this resonates with everybody yes. because incivility is rife. You know, this blame culture is just so awful and we we can all identify with it. And I think that's that's where the the viewership has come from. Okay. Um, I'm, well, I'm thrilled it is so high, but yeah. Well, we're going to get you some more because we're going to share it again because it's, it's, it's a super talk. And uh, Lisa, thank you very much. Lisa Nolan, a resilience coach, but she came to prominence really through that TED talk. I dropped my keys and someone nearly died. Uh, but the culture that happens around mistakes. We've shared it already on Twitter. Thanks to that, guys. We've already shared it on Twitter. Uh, the culture of how do you deal with a mistake and the person who made the mistake, how do you deal with that in, in any kind of a workplace? It's a, it's a really good talk. Worth a watch. Quartz 96 FM.